Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Don't pump I'm but a dance dance. Wear these spandex pants pants. My ass looks good when I dance dance. Don't pump I just dance dance. Hi, Vibrators. Welcome to Superficial Magic. I am your host, Megan Granger, and we are joined today with the lovely co-host, Dana Moon. Hi, everybody. She has her own podcast, The Moon Me Podcast. On iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hello. Hello, podcast voice. (laughs) Today's guest is um, a true genius. His name is Gabriel Garcia. I was a therapist with him in training at the Southern California Counseling Center, hey Shout out. Hello. And uh, he's, a, he's a psychologist in Larchmont in Los Angeles. Brilliant. And he knows a lot about dream analysis. So I don't think we know a lot about how to analyze dreams as a culture because we all have that like stupid $5 book from Barnes and Noble that's like, here's what this dream means but last night i literally dreamt like a dead pig was in my bathtub with a knife in it so it's like you can't find that in a book you know Mm -hmm. yeah what's going on in your brain though (laughs) exactly kind of concerning (laughs) megan stop eating pork so that's what that means sometimes you have to look at it in a different way and after this conversation with Gabe, I will be looking into that dream you know it and hopefully i'll discover something about myself this is he gives us fun tools to play with your friends. Yeah. Like you can explore your dreams with your friends, with your friends, make way deeper relationships. I, I love it. Yeah. And he, he just gives really good advice and shares a lot of insight that I didn't never even knew before. I, I know. So he tells us like what dreams are, how to analyze them. Um, how to categorize them gives us good examples of things and shows you how to explore it with your friends. Like you just said. So listen, I think you guys are going to love it. Um, definitely. If you live in Los Angeles, go see Gabe because he's a special genius. He's amazing. Speaking of men that aren't special geniuses. Uh Oh, we were on the phone for an hour last night. We were, but I didn't tell you the story of where I just was. You wouldn't because I wanted to tell it. <laughs> to you now (laughs) so last week and i went out to a dance (laughs) (laughs) why did you say it like it was last week and (laughs) i went out to a dance disco in the echo park area sometimes i think you have another life that you're keeping from me (laughs) second life megan And I was with my friend Adam and he was like, Oh, we're getting a drink. And this kind of cute guy comes up to the bar and Adam's like, Oh my God, that's my friend, blah, blah. He plays basketball. And it's so sad. Like Gareth was in on this whole thing. All the comedy guys in Los Angeles are on basketball teams that they think are like real. So Adam, Gareth, this guy, they all like Gareth would order new basketball shoes all the time and be like, my basketball shoes are here. And I was like, Oh my God, I've like seen them play. It's insanely bad (laughs) so he was like this is my basketball pal and I was like oh okay um if you guys don't know Gareth it's Gareth Reynolds he's hilarious listen to his podcast the dollop he used to be my boyfriend so um I'm like 
kind of attracted to him. Not really. He's he's younger than me. He's kind of cute. He's kind of cute. He's a producer. He's like, I... Uh, okay, now he's cuter. <laughs> he's like, I'm... I don't know how this came up, but he's like, I'm looking for somebody to do coverage for scripts, which would be the perfect job for me because I can read a script in two hours. You're like, thank you, universe, for answering my prayers. Exactly. And then you get paid for it and you just write coverage and I and I can read books really quickly. Like I didn't have a TV growing up. My loserness is finally coming into effect. We know you're very smart and we know (sighs) you know how to read. You guys, I like how you're like, no, but I need to let you guys know that I, I can read very fast. Like, this, I know how to my, read. It's my only talent is that I can read a book so fast. I can, I will read a book in a day. I've never seen you more excited about anything in your I life. I love reading. So this was like, okay, uh, this was, uh, uh, this was a gift from the universe. Yes. I was like, oh my God, it's real. It's working. So I, I'm like, I would be great at that. I got really excited, told them how good I was at reading. <laughs> much like I'm telling you now the um, rest of the night his face looked about as bored as yours she's, did she's just talking about the whole entire night she's just talking about all of the books she's listing off all the books she read give me something right now I read it give me something right now uh, quiz me I'll get yeah I'll tell you all about it so then um I'm like all right well we we start a Facebook uh, we start a we start an email message like group email message and he's like well I'll get back to you on Monday and w- we would love to like have you do the the thing the the, the coverage. I'm Did like, you sign it? Awesome. Megan, Megan Granger, power reader, <laughs> power, fast reader, speed reader. Oh my God. No. Megan speed reader Granger. I forgot to do that part. <laughs> so he emails me Monday and he's like, Hey, um, coffee this week. We'll talk about, you know, how, how to incorporate you into the thing. I'm great. like, great. Perfect. Then it turns into, Oh, I don't have any time this week. How about a drink? Monday night, mm-hmm. which is last night. Okay. And I was like, yeah. uh, uh, all right. Seems a little odd, but sure. So I meet him at this bar. We kind of live nearby each other and we're sitting there and he comes in and we're, we're talking and I'm trying to bre- bring up how good of a reader I am. Did you bring your books? <laughs> Did you bring a book back? I have a stack of books. <laughs> he can't find her at the booth because she just brought all our yeah. books. I'm like, I'm the one behind all the books. And... <laughs> And they call me the book behind the books. And he's like (laughs) sitting there just talking to me like about nothing. Like uh, we're on a date. We are, we are on a full on date. I like where he's telling me about nothing. That's a date. It's a date. Like, uh, like I'm like, what are we talking about? And so Mm. then finally after an hour and a half, cause I'm not assertive enough. I'm like, so the the coverage like what what about that and he was like oh my god i totally forgot i told you about that what yeah what yeah i i uh, no words uh, uh so what did you say i was like you ha- what this is the whole reason we're meeting right it it was so bizarre so then <sighs> i just was like, well, nice to meet you. And he was like, yeah, the, totally. You should do it sometime. And I was like, for sure. Can you text him right now? What should I say? I really don't think I want to like start up a convo. I think you should say uh, it was nice hanging out last night. Let me know um, when I can start working on the coverage. Okay. Right now. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it after we finish this part. Okay. Okay. You're you're having a rough time right now. Mm. What? You're having a rough time right now. I am. And then I go, mm. <laughs> yeah. Last night you were like, 
uh, just feeling like you need to believe in yourself more. And so do I. Oh, yesterday was really, really bad. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like right now in this moment. I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> For a second, I was like, oh, is Dana like not, not wanting to talk about her stuff? Her stuff? That's not like, Dana. That's cool. Um, yeah, you're having a hard time believing in yourself right now. So am I. I'm just realizing and oh, I don't know. It's like I'm just realizing how much I've been holding myself back. Yeah. But like, I'm actually like seeing it and feeling it. Yeah. And I got to be done because it's pretty, it really hit me real hard last night. Yeah. I was listening to an Abraham Hicks video for you this morning on limitations because you were talking about your limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and I wanted to have something good to tell you. Um, But what she said was that of course, because it's Abraham Hicks, she's like, stop talking about being limited. Stop thinking that you're limited. The limitation is thinking that you're limited. And we have conversations yes. about how we both have resistance. We're both holding ourselves back. We're both blah, 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 blah. Like, we got to be done with those conversations. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We just, we have to just talk about what we're making happening and what we're doing because it, otherwise, yeah, otherwise we're just in the cycle of negativity and we don't want to be there anymore so over done only ooh, she's snapping she's bye sister (laughs) bye so um that's the new plan starting now effective now please join the facebook group superficial magic vibrators empowering empowering motivational motivational speed reading speed reading (laughs) Quote. Megan Granger. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, join it. Um, I know Facebook isn't anyone's favorite app anymore, but we all talk all the time about everything we're going through. It's so supportive. And um, from this point on, it's I'm, about to be a lot more positive. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I only go on Facebook for the groups. Same. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> we'll let Mark Zuckerberg know. <laughs> Dana's also in like a cocker spaniel group and just like weird group. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my God. That's so funny. So Gabe's podcast today, his episode is just really deep. So get comfortable, get your juices flowing. Um, I think it's everything we're ready for. It's everything I'm ready for. I know that much. We want, it's everything we want. I think you guys are going to love it. And, uh, yeah, go rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Hi, Gabe. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, so I want to start this off with a really important question. Okay. What are your thoughts on dream catchers? On dream catchers? Well... Let's dish. I have one. You do? Yes, and I looked at it the other day, and I was like, "This damn thing works." You, <laughs> you yeah. really think that? Um, no, but it, oh, okay, it does, it, and of. it looks pretty. Yeah, I mean, the feathers are kind of ragged, and I got it in like, oh my gosh, I got it in some like Grand Canyon weird like. Of course you did. You know what I mean? Like, there's just dream catchers everywhere, and you're like, mm-hmm. you have to kind of get one. <laughs> and, and well. I also grew up with them all over my house because my mom was way into dream catchers and crystals and stuff like that. So I kind of feel like you kind of need one. Can we just say those are two of our favorite things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you into crystals too? 
Um, I have a few of them. I'm kind of into them. They're like in my phone and in my computer, right? They make my computer work. And so I guess I have some quartz on me <laughs> at all times. <laughs> so you're just saying you have the crystals that are in computers and phones. Yes. Got yes. it. Yes. yes. Okay. And I hand out amethyst actually to a lot of my clients who are struggling with alcoholism because a lot of people don't know the etymology of the word. Um, the meth part of amethyst means mead. Like the root is mead, which is like an alcoholic beverage. And anytime you put an A in front of something, it negates it. So amethyst means, um, you know, maintenance of sobriety. So a lot of people who are sober actually carry amethyst on them. That's pretty cool. What? We're going to need some of that. I remember how many times we tell ourselves that we're like done drinking and then we go on like benders of drinking every night. Yes. Gabe, what's a dream? <laughs> We could talk about our alcoholism all day. Let's let's get to the the root of the dream talk. What is one? What do you think a dream is? I think it's my unconscious mind hallucinating, um, processing through the day, mm-hmm. and that's all I know. That's all you know, right? Okay. I don't think I've ever like thought about this as. By the way, I feel like we're being quizzed right now. You're yeah. like, I know I turned it back on you. <laughs> I'm a therapist. I think that a dream is um, we're at, we're entering deeper parts of ourselves mm-hmm. that our conscious mind day to day isn't uh, able to tap into. Mm. So we're we're tapping into like different realms. I I think it's the, the spirit realm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Spirit realm. We're getting really heavy quick. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> what do you think a dream is, Gabe? <laughs> well, I think that, I mean, this brings us to the kind of idea of like categories of dreams, right? Like um, I read something really interesting recently that sort of influenced my thinking around this, which was that not all dreams are of the same category. So mm. there are, if you think about the dreams that you've had over the course of your life, some of them are like, what I call oracular dreams, like they are predictive in some way. They make you feel like you're, you know, sort of spanning time or something like that, or they um, have some kind of communication to you from another realm, as you said. Then would the, okay, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Would this be like two weeks ago? I had a dream that this guy followed me on Instagram that I haven't thought about or whatever. Oh. I opened my eyes and opened my phone, and he had followed me on Instagram. Is yes. that that kind Psychic. of? Is that that kind, kind of, of? Yeah, that's kind of okay. an oracular dream. Got it. Right? Okay. It kind of like predicted so, something that happened. Oracular? Oracular, like an oracle. Okay. Kind of, right? So, um, and then there are sort of mundane dreams, right? Which I think are the ones that are sort of processing the stuff of the day, right? Uh, you know, you're eating like a Snickers or something like that, or maybe you don't eat Snickers and it's like a Snapple or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like mundane things that like your, your mind is sort of processing or something like that. I think that then there's sort of like, um, I have them all written down here. There's the one, my favorite ones, and I don't know if you've had these, I call them Morpheum Fantastica, where they're just like... Is this Harry Potter? What? It can be. Yes, go on. When we get into lucid dreams, we'll talk about that a lot. But um, what I call like fantastic dreams or Fantastica are the ones that feel very hallucinatory. They feel like you're in another world. They sort of like fold in on themselves and they don't make much sense. They're like laden with symbolism or you're flying or you're doing, you're sort of breaking the bonds of sort of like social conventions and, you know, consensus reality, which that kind of stuff happens all the time in dreams, right? And so, you know, these categories aren't necessarily like 
Um, they're porous, right? They change. They're fluid. Sometimes the mundane stuff. Right. Sometimes in. you're yeah. flying, making pasta, like the normal. Yeah. 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 Having sex with aliens, whatever. Right. But also <laughs> like tying your shoes. Tying so, your shoes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why can't our dreams just spell it out? Just tell us what they want us to know. Uh, well, I think that's what comes into like dream interpretation, right? Like we're t- talking about what you do with the content of the dreams that makes it over from your sleeping consciousness to waking consciousness. So whatever that content is, you pull it into your conscious life. And then the question I think is like, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it so cryptic oftentimes? What, why is the language of dreams so kind of hard to understand and kind of weird? And um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think the only way you can find out is by working with them in certain ways um, and thinking about like there's a Jungian technique that's pretty interesting and where you take one sim- you just take one symbol from a dream. Say it's a knife, right? There's a knife in your dream and you like for some reason you gravitate towards that symbol. Well, then you sort of analyze it, right? You think about what that what a knife means to you, which would be a micro understanding, like your understanding of what knives do. Right? Are they are they used to make food? Are they used to kill someone? Are they used to you know, uh, you know, fix your car? Whatever it is, slash someone's tires. And then there's a um, a mezzo understanding of it, which is a sort of a little bit pulled back. Like, what does your community think about like what knives are? What is your what it, what does um, the sort of collective think about what knives are? And then there's the sort of macro, which is like what is the archetypal understanding of what a knife is. Right, the sort of platonic ideal of what knives do, and if if you do that, then you can start to interpret what that meaning is, how it showed up, right? And a lot of it's just sort of like what you're doing in your consciousness. Sometimes I think symbols need to just like be; Mm -hmm. they just need to be sort of like they let let them be ambiguous. Let my symbols breathe. Let your symbols breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, don't wait. You're saying like, don't. You don't have to read into it so much. You don't have to read into it. So but much. I love to read into everything and overthink yeah. and drive myself crazy. So do it. <laughs> Gabe, can we still do this if we're like 50% dumber than you are? Um, yes, everyone okay, cool. can. Because everyone dreams, right? I think the thing is that we just don't talk about it very much. We don't. And we yeah. also, sometimes we don't dream. Mm-hmm. Or do we dream every night even if we don't remember it? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think I do. Because whenever I remember that I'm that I'm not quote unquote dreaming or I don't remember my dreams and I'm like, oh, I, I, I miss that. The next sleeps, I'll be remembering all of my dreams. Yeah. I think it's like you ask if you want to dream or remember it or not. Right. And that's the first tenet to like lucid dreaming. Right. It's like, Ooh, yeah. I want to remember this. I want to be active in this. Right. I wrote down that we would talk about lucid dreaming a little bit later, but oh, okay. will you just, but no, now that we're talking about it, I want you to just expand on it a little bit more hey. because it's so fucking cool. Have you lucid dreamed? I before? have lucid dreamed. I got a pamphlet that was like 10 pages long on lucid dreaming. I read it. I'd never done it before in my life. It said, look, always look at your wrist all day long uh-huh. and like your your watch. So I was wearing, I started wearing a watch, which was pretty weird for people around me. Um, and I would look at it all the time and be like, okay. And then when you were dreaming, you would look at the watch and it would, if it looked bizarre, no, if it just was like, it's, 
water a clock, you know, like a dream would. You'd be like, oh, wait, I'm dreaming. This doesn't make any sense. Like my watch isn't isn't telling actual time. Yeah. So that's how you would kind of trigger it. And it worked within two days. Wow. And I started lucid dreaming all the time, but I kept turning them sexual. Yeah. Oh, my God. Every lucid dream I've had has been a sex dream. And I'm so disappointing. Like, I don't want to. Oh, I. it's combining my two favorite things. <laughs> Dreaming and sex? Sleeping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have sex and sleep at the same time, like, that's the perfect world. Well, I just have asked, like, I've realized I'm dreaming. And I've been like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm dreaming. I'm lucid dreaming. Show me what I need to know literally a sign started to come through Mm -hmm. with like words. And I was like so excited and it just said sex. Wow. And I was like, come on. Like, but also come. (laughs) 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 Guys, I'll be here all night. Um, so yeah, like I feel like lucid dreams can be super spiritual, but you have to get through a lot of yeah. The human muck first, which I have not been okay. able to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So not to put this back on me, but um, let's do it. <laughs> Whenever I lucid dream, it does start off sexual. Mm-hmm. And like I'm controlling the person. And if they bore me, I like change persons. Mm-hmm. And but then it turns into sleep paralysis. This is like the craziest part. And then the person is like a being that I don't want there. Wow. Right. Like a shadow person. Wow. And the sex stops like right at like the good part. Right. Right. And then you can't move anymore. And I can't move. And this like being walks into my room and I'm like frozen trying to move. Are you awake at this point? Or are you still in the dream? I think I woke myself up from the oh, sex. Oh, OK. And yeah. I'm mad, but I'm still sleeping. Yeah. And then that's mm-hmm. how my sleep paralysis starts, because I know that I'm dream dreaming what Megan is looking at me like I'm actually a shadow person. I just I thought it was funny when he said I woke myself up from the sex and I'm mad <laughs> because I'm still dreaming and I was upset at myself for waking myself up, but I'm still dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. I mean, I feel like when people first start lucid dreaming, that's like the theme that comes up first, right? Like is sex, right? And I think that Part of what that is, is it's, um, it's some kind of partition that you have to get through in order to reach deeper levels of lucid dreaming because it's such an intense desire that we repress so much in our culture that when it finally has a room to play, then all of a sudden the floodgates are open and then you're like, oh my gosh, I can do this with lucid dreaming. I'm going to go blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like this urge that I'm trying Mm -hmm. to fight in my lucid dream. It's like you can go explore the universe or you can go have sex. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh, sex. And, and, and my normal life, I'm not even that right. sexual. I mean, I am, but like, not really. So I don't know why that, but that makes sense. It's a test almost yeah. to like get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. And then what's beyond that is a really good question. Have you been? Well, I mean, when I first started lucid dreaming in my mid-20s, it was all about sex, right? And right. Because you, you realize you can harness control of it, and then it just sort of moves in that direction. Then, like, your sort of unconscious sort of explodes. So the question is, are you really lucid dreaming, or are you just unleashing the content of your unconscious, and it's just directing you towards sex because it's sort of repressed in your daily life? So what would the difference between a, an actual lucid dreaming moment be? 
I think that's a really good question. I think you have to play with it for years to get there. I mean, maybe some people are born with it. I have no idea. But in my experience, you have to really play with it. And you you have to, um, when you get to the point where you start lucid dreaming, I think that you have to um, try to direct less. In other words, you have to let, you have to be in a relationship with the dream content. So you have to let it do its thing as well. Because if you try too hard, you're going to wake up. You know, ah. or you're going to click yourself out of it or it's going to take over or whatever. Yeah. So you have to kind of let it do its thing as well. This is like a, also a metaphor for life. Kind to, of. To not try to control yeah. things so much and like let it flow. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Can ever. <laughs> We're sharing a mic. We're like basically making can out. Can you hear it when it moves? I, I, mm, I hope not. No, I don't think so. If you guys can hear it when it moves, just kill me now sorry um okay so can everyone lucid dream i don't i don't i'm not sure i mean yeah yeah i mean i feel like it's um i mean the question is why do it at all right like why if if it's sort of if the dream state is um doing something for you to restore health or restore some kind of balance, then why intervene on that? Like why actually bring your conscious mind into that? Right. I think it's a good question. Um, but I think that it can do amazing things for people's lives. If you have more of an association with your dreams, because again, it's something we talk about very little and yet we do it for like a third of our lives. So some people say it's a whole alternate reality, right? Mm -hmm. Because you spend so much time there. So working with our dreams really can change our waking life. I think so. Yeah. Do you have any examples of that? Absolutely. Um, so I've got a lot of examples of it. So, um, there's a famous story. There's a bunch of famous stories about dreams and how they influence the world. And a couple, like a few of them, I'll, I'll mention the less interesting ones and then the more interesting ones later, but the, the, I don't know why they're less interesting. They're actually pretty damn interesting. But like Niels Bohr, the scientist, dreamt of like the atom, the structure of the yes. atom. Yes. Um, well, I was going to say Thomas Edison dreamed of electricity, but I don't. I think I just made that. Oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah, she's lying. I continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary Shelley dreamt of Frankenstein. It was a fully formed novel in her head when she woke up. Um, Paul McCartney wrote Yesterday in a Dream. He woke up and just like started playing the melody, right? I mean, wow. so those things really influence culture quite a bit and they come from dreams, right? Wow. And so are you familiar with Alejandro Hodorowski, the director? He directed Holy Mountain. He's also a psychoanalyst. I um, only am interested in um, like bridesmaids and okay. movies like that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> He, he used lucid dreaming to, um, this is where it can really shift your life, I think, is he, he used it, he, he tells a story about um, entering into a dream where he embodied a female body and experienced sex from a female perspective, a oh, female orgasm. my God. Yeah. This is something I think about a lot. <laughs> yeah. If I were a man, what would sex feel like as a man? I'm so serious. Of course. But like, he, I got want to, yeah. he got to experience it. Wow. Yeah. That's a deep, I mean, it's a deeper meaning than it sounds at first because you're really taking on the other part of your psyche at that right. point. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And who knows what it means, but I think that if you do bring it into your conscious life, what does that do to how 
he related to women after that. Oh my God, he's probably so much better in bed. Uh, yeah, right? And just so much kinder and understanding. Yeah. yeah. Softer. Yeah. Softer. A more gentle director. Gentleman. Yeah. I have dreams a lot that are so strange because I have no musical talent in my conscious mind. Mm-hmm. My parents tried, didn't happen. Yeah. I compose the most beautiful music in my dreams. Yes. It's like melodies that I'm like, whoa, I can't, who made this song? I love it. And then I'm like, I'm dreaming. This is coming from not me, of course, but something. Mm -hmm. And then I I talked about this on the podcast, I think, but like a month ago I was dreaming. um, I don't know like David Bowie's albums very well. I know a few songs, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to like a David Bowie record and I knew all the words and all the beats and all. The, and I was like, this is so strange in the order they were in. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, it's playing outside of my window. That's why. Oh. But then I woke up again and I was like, no, it's not. Wow. So you were. Ex- you, uh, yeah. It's in your memory somewhere like fully formed. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Or like there's a realm that's connected to everything else uh-huh. that I'm just going to. Because yeah. I. Yeah, it's very strange. When stuff like when people have dreams like that, I just assume that I'm like, yeah, David Bowie visited you. Like, I just I, that's what I think. Well, he like part of his soul or whatever, like came to you in a dream state and was communicating with you. What do you think, Gabe? I don't know, but I love the idea. Right. And Doesn't if that we make take sense? it. Yeah. And if we take it seriously, then what are the implications for that? Right. That's like some deep stuff that we can actually touch each other's lives from the afterlife mm-hmm. and come visit people. And there's a, a repository of knowledge that is in the whatever you want to call it, collective unconscious, the yeah. Akashic records or whatever that yeah. you can access. And so what does that mean? Right. That's some pretty incredible stuff. Well, not to make this deep or heavy, but um, right after my dad passed away, he would come to me in my dreams. Yeah, yeah. And he never, I never dreamt about him when he was alive. So to me, it was just kind of like, it was like a reassuring. Yeah. He was like there. Yeah. Being like, like everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And it was really soothing. And I would wake up being like, okay, like he's not completely gone. He's still around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really important to focus on is like the feeling, like not necessarily the thinking or the symbols, but also the feeling like, what is it? How is it that you wake up? What is it like? doing for your life? How does it touch you? How does it then shape your day or your reality Mm -hmm. or your memory of your father or a continued relationship with him? Mm -hmm. Right. What would that be like? Right. Since I was little, I've had this reoccurring dream where I'm in the woods. I'm in the woods. Mm -hmm. It's how it starts. And then I have to pee and there's like a bathroom, like a public restroom in the woods. And then I'm peeing and then the stalls just start kind of like getting higher and higher so like people could like see mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then i and then i would get na- i was naked mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere i was naked and then i, I was so exposed mm-hmm. and by the way i'm like a child right this dream started when i was probably like five or six and i had it until like teenage years mm-hmm. reoccurring and then wolves would start appearing wow and start chasing me wow and it would happen in that order. And I've had that dream. I haven't had it as an adult, but I've always like thought about that. I'm like, do you have any conclusions about it? I I think it's being um, 
exposed being I was like being embarrassed Mm -hmm. of your body like Mm -hmm. people like I felt shame like I'm like people see my like body and I Mm -hmm. like don't want to show that I think Mm -hmm. maybe just knowing at a young age you have to like cover up your body or yeah yeah um the wolves part I I don't understand them chasing I don't know what that means and the P part, P always comes into my dreams. Like, what what does P symbolize? I'm always like, I have to pee so badly. Is it just that I need to pee in the middle of the night? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so I think you need to pee in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that happens like our bi- biological functions like come up in our dreams all the time, right? You wake up from having to go to the bathroom or whatever. And it stands to reason that, like, you know, you might be in REM sleep when that's happening. And so you're going to pull some of that content out or some of that content's going to kind of come in. Got to it. the dream itself. But here's a, a really fun thing you can do. And um, maybe your audience, I mean, I'm all about like, you know, starting up conversations and like, you know, potentials of conversations that people don't have. And so if people start talking about their dreams more and more, then like, what would our, you know, how much more rich would our life be? So one of the things we could do is we could play with one of the ideas right now, which is that um, you sit and, and tell your friends your dreams, right? And then they respond in a sort of like uh, free association way, but they respond with a phrase in my dream. So, right. So if I were to take that dream and say in my dream, you know, I'm also walking through the woods and I have to go to the bathroom and I, uh, the, the, you know, I can't use the restrooms or whatever. And I notice shame in myself. And then these wolves come right. And if it's my dream, I'm thinking about the sort of nakedness of nature and how nature has no shame at all. And that the trees just grow, right? And they, like, are in, you're sort of surrounded with this sort of, like, back-to-the-land kind of, like, experience, right? And then you notice, like, sort of, like, sort of, like, the, um, the sort of, like, maybe, like, some kind of, like, fall from Eden way where you, like, have to sort of, like, cover up your body and you're uh, afraid of that. And then these wolves come in and they're also of nature and they don't know shame either, they don't have any bodily shame, right? They're like always like wrestling and like killing and like, you know, (laughs) like destroying things. And so for me, it kind of points like, if it's my dream, it's sort of like a cultural awakening to sort of like what bodily shame is about. And how do I um, unbind myself from that? Maybe what I should do is actually do it, like actually get naked and walk in the woods. Right? What would that be like? And maybe take. Oh a- my God, that's so freeing. Dana's face is. <laughs> I just lit up. That's so freeing to me. Yeah. Right. That's like the most free you can be mm-hmm. in nature, naked. Right. Yeah. So. Can, so. <laughs> Dana's gonna do that today. Let's. Okay. So I'm get I, arrested because there's no woods in LA. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, I'm going to play it with you right now. Huh? I'm going to play this game with you right now. Okay. Last night in my dream, I was on a cruise and, but for some reason, the front of the cruise was like the front of a olden time ship, you know, that you could sit on the, the front of and these huge waves came and I was having to hold on to the side of the ship to not fall off. And in my past dreams, I would fall off, but in this dream, I didn't. And I like held on through this really difficult storm. What were what were you feeling? Um, scared. 
and maybe a little excited. Okay, so I start off, I say, in my dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, this okay. is your dream. Yeah. So in my dream, I'm in the, at the front of a old-timey cruise ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I want to get it right. Yeah. And I'm holding on, and there's waves that are trying to knock me down. Um, I, f- okay, I feel like this is a major symbol of how I'm ready to conquer my fears that are, that are trying to bring me down. And it's not scary because I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to not, yeah, I'm ready to not let my fears bring me down. I think that's. Did we did it? Did we just do it right? It sounds fine to me. Am I re- am I overthinking it? I don't know. I mean, it's like you know, this is something you play with, right? Like, what's the effect, right? F- Megan, what's the effect on you to hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be a therapist, but no. I mean, the I I think the the effect is, I think just hearing somebody else say your dream out loud as their dream gets you thinking about it in a less personal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Way. Um, yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah. And you're, yeah, you were spot on. And also, oh, also, I did, this just came to me. Um, sorry. We, we should just take this out of this. Let's, we? let's just pass it. Yeah. What are we doing with our lives? Um, also, I feel like this old ship mm-hmm. is like an old shell of this, uh, persona, persona or mm-hmm. something I've been embodying that doesn't serve me anymore and it's like i'm ready to get on like get off this old ship and get on a new one that's bright and shiny and is ready to lift me up and not bring me down the old is bringing me down yeah like i'm ready to be on a ship that isn't almost sinking (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah yeah right yeah that's what it sounds like yeah this is really fun super fun yeah so you meet with people one-on-one yes and it's always talking about dreams no 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 oh okay um actually dreams don't really come up that it's curious to me how how little dreams come up in as a therapist um maybe it's just because i'm so new to the field or something like that but um it's something I always make sure to check in and and talk about because we spend so much time in that realm, right? So I've spent a lot of time in my own life exploring dreams and I've spent a lot of time in my communities exploring dreams, right? So I've figured out a myriad of different ways to get those conversations going because I feel like they're so healthy and helpful as you just, you know, saw through like, that was like three minutes or five minutes, right? Of just doing that. And, you know, your day has changed because of that conversation, right? It's pretty wonderful. Mm. What if... You had at a dinner party five to six people, and you played a different game, right? Um, one that this was, sounds like an orgy game. It could be. Well, it always goes back to sex, as well. and I'm into it. Why don't you guys play a different game? <laughs> MDMA. And, uh, okay. What's... Loss of protection. <laughs> no. Um, no, but you can you can play with this idea too, where you can sit around sort of in a circle, and someone can start. 
and it's just free association. So someone can start by saying, okay, so we're all group dreaming. This is a group dream experiment um, where you say, okay, I'm walking around in a field and there's wheat growing everywhere. Everything's really dry and dusty and then that's it. The next person goes and they say, I notice a snake at my feet and a snake turns into a rabbit and speaks to me and says, oh, you've fallen off of your horse, right? And then you go around the room and what you do is you narrativize this free association. You're sort of eliciting the imagination, but you're doing so everybody's thinking and visualizing this dream. Ooh, it's right? like writing a book together. Yeah, yeah. And so then if, if that group, for instance, decided to have some kind of political agenda or social justice agenda, imagine that their, their sigil was, you know, a rabbit and a snake or something like that. It can be, have an incredibly sort of cohesive bonding sort of like mechanism to it. What's a sigil? A sigil is just a symbol, a sort okay. of cohesive symbol that right. kind of um, is imbued with some kind of magic or something like that. And, you know, gr- gr- uh, groups or people can use them to sort of like invoke certain qualities into the world or something like that. So if you have a so, dinner party and you kind of all link up and imagine this world, mm-hmm you're essentially creating a bond Mm -hmm. that is lasting longer than your dinner party. Could be. Right. Some people I know don't want to do this from, (laughs) from (laughs) experience. Yeah. Some people are like, I'm out. Goodbye. Yeah. I don't want to do this with you guys. Right. So (laughs) people have to be willing. Do you think that I remember in college, it was like a big deal to try to meet people in your dreams. Like meet me at the Eiffel tower Mm. Has has that ever happened to you? Yes, it has. Yeah, it has. You mean what? What you mean by that is um, meeting somebody that you know on this realm, in yes, this lifetime. But they're also there. Like the next day, you could both talk about it and be like, "We did it." No, I haven't had a dream of that experience, but I have had that experience with hallucinogens. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Can you briefly tell us yeah. what it was? Um, well, it happens um, a lot with um, certain plant medicines. Um, and you can do this with um, my uh, my partner, um, Carolyn Barron, is an acupuncturist and, and um, doctor of Chinese medicine. And she works a lot with Chinese herbs and dreaming. So I'll mention a couple of them that you can use to actually repair relationships or, you know, meet people in those realms. Um, So there's uh, Egyptian blue lotus, which you can. My friend told me about blue lotus. Yeah, that you can brew into a tea. It's extremely bitter, but, you know, bitter is good for us because we don't have any bitter in our diet. Um, and you can take that before bed to sort of like strengthen the, you know, your capabilities of going into the dream room. Isn't there a high that lasts like 30 minutes after you take blue Lotus, like a mini high similar to mushrooms? Not in my experience. It's very subtle, but Dana's like, then I will not be doing it. (laughs) 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 Okay. So you take this tea. You could take this tea before bed. Okay. Uh And if you have a specific intention, you know, um, you know, say you have had a fallout with somebody, you can go make amends in the dream. Mm. So they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to have anything to do with you. You could actually go into the dream realm and ask them to meet you and invite them in and then sort of like, you know, speak from your heart. Wow. So it wouldn't like, they might not remember it the next day, but it is a part of them. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It it affects. Just give us some yeses. (laughs) Just tell us we're totally right. You're so, you're such a great therapist. Yes. Just, do it yeah, yeah. Just try it right? yeah <laughs> i so what i feel like what's similar to a mushroom trip 
our dreams. Like my first time mm-hmm. I, I took mushrooms in Joshua Tree, I was like, when it really kicked in, mm-hmm. the state felt so similar to being in a dream that I'm completely aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think like, what's the link between that? Is that even a thing or am I making this up? No, I, I totally think it's a thing. I mean, I, I really do believe that. And you know, I, the explanation that I'll give you is more of a scientific boring one, but the molecule of psilocybin is um, super closely related to the same structure as DMT. And DMT is um, what, you know, is also closely related to melatonin, which is what is activated in your pineal gland um, Mm. when you dream. It's thought of when you dream or when you, um, or when you die. Right. And it's, it's uh, present in our bodies all the time. Right. So if you think about the the mushroom being sort of like fitting into those dream receptors, if you will, then yeah, it's going to feel like that. Right. It's like pulling that um, material from wherever, right. Those other realms or you're deeper in yourself or both um, into your sort of conscious existence. Right. And then the idea with some of these things is that you get to work with it for what, eight hours or something like that Mm -hmm. with mushrooms, right? Yeah. Six hours with ayahuasca, 24 hours with iboga, right? Things like that. I've never heard of iboga. Tabernanthi iboga is a, a African root that um, can last up to 24 hours. And so no, thank you. People do fall asleep in it and then have like really intense dreams and in a sort of like Ebenezer Scrooge kind of going through your life kind of way. <laughs> right. So there's that as well. Right. So these things lock in, I think. Do you think that we're maybe accessing past lives in our dreams? Because I remember being three years old and having the craziest dream where these men came and got me and they took me to this weird clearing and they put me in a baby pool because I was still a baby. So I, you know, thought of things like that, but then they surrounded me and they were guarding me and they had, they had to kill me. Like it was like kind of a witch type of a thing. Like, and I was like, I please just let me go. And they're like, we, we want, we want to, but we can't, we have to kill you. Like you, you're too bad. When did you, how old were you when you had this dream? Like three, four. That's right. Wow. Oh, you were definitely a witch in a past life and you were killed. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. I feel like, like in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. It was just such an intense dream for, cause I remember it was when we lived in this little town. So I know I was that little Mm -hmm. cause I remember waking up and I had my like rainbow bright sheets and they were soaked in sweat. I was like, (laughs) 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 um, but it's, I, I can, I've never experienced that amount of like sickening weird fear again yeah yeah um it was just bizarre i would say that's a really great one to play one of those games with because i had a dream when i was about 10 that like i was walking through a graveyard and like um jesus woke up from this grave and like started stabbing me and killing me and it like fully traumatized me at age 10 i was like you know I i just like never went back to church after that wow and i made all the sense of it like in my young mind and it was really hard to deal with and you know i carried it with me for a very long time 20 years later i did that experiment with some friends and my really good friend brooke belliott who's also a therapist said in my dream and started going off and folded it into this kind of idea of like um, extinction of sort of toxic masculinity and like archetypal maleness and stuff like that. And it completely transformed the content of that dream. And it was very healing for me to go back into that sort of like, I mean, I, you can call it a trauma maybe like it was, it was hard to deal with. Right. Yeah. The, I think you can be traumatized yeah. in your dreams when you're little for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. 
And she, so 20 years later, she helped me make sense of it. And it was really beautiful, actually. It was a great gift, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by like, what if we talked about these things more? So what, what is it in your dream? I'm just getting you guys to analyze my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to say like a two sentence thing about it, what would it be? Or, you know, however many sentences. Okay, so in my dream, I'm a baby. I'm surrounded by a bunch of men who at first are trying to protect me, but then they turn on me and it turns into they have to kill me. I um, beg them not to, and they say, we have to do this, right? Um, Death is not bad. Ooh. You know, death is not something to be feared. Sometimes there's... um, a, a way for um, violence and death to, even when it's directed at us, to be accepted um, or understood or worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I w- In my dream, I don't think of it literally. Mm-hmm. I think of it as um, the extinction of, you know, maybe some kind of um, childhood innocence or something that was really hard for me to, and just sort of erupted in my unconscious. Mm. Um, I think of, um, you're surrounded by men and as a, you know, in my dream or in my life, the, as the dreamer, I'm a very young woman, maybe surrounded by men. And that can be quite frightening. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. This is the coolest game since clue. <laughs> <laughs> I do have this. I do want to touch on this crazy thing that recently happened. I haven't had sleep paralysis since I lived in my old house in Hancock Park mm-hmm. right after college. And I finally have my own apartment now in Hancock Park. It's like down the street from where I used to live. Okay. So I had this crazy sleep paralysis recently where I woke up from my dream in the middle of the night because I heard the door open. Mm-hmm. I'm still sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my apartment is exactly how it is mm-hmm. to a T and my back was turned toward, turned towards the door. And I was like, I don't, I know somebody's coming in. Right. And it was a, like a shadow figure, but it was a woman. Mm-hmm. Normally it's a man, a shadow figure. And she jumps on me. And she has these like long skinny, like shadow black fingers that are going at my neck, trying to choke me. She's whispering in my ear, like like a different language, but she like is and it. She was speaking a language that I've never heard ever, but it was like whispers. And I felt like her breath on my neck in my ear. And I was like so scared, but I was like fighting back. Uh And normally in my, sleep paralysis I just lay there because I know on some level that this is like a dream uh-huh. but this one was like really happening and I was like fighting her and then fighting to wake up mm-hmm. so in between myself waking up she was gone mm-hmm. and then I would close my eyes and fall back asleep and she was there uh-huh. and then I woke wow. myself up and I was faced in that exact direction wow. with my back to the door and I was frozen and I couldn't move because I was like, I honestly didn't know if she was like still in there. Wow. So I just laid there with my eyes wide open. That is insanity. I love it. I think it's, I mean, my day is so much better for having heard that. 
<laughs> right? That's that's just as good as any David Lynch film, right? Like, yes. It's it's an incredible. She wanted my blood. Yeah. Have you ever looked at Incubi and Succubi? The kind of idea of like um, spirits coming to sort of pounce on you and sort of like creating sleep paralysis. So oftentimes it's sexual, but sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Incubi. I think, no. I think incubi are the male form and succubi are the female form. But like th- this is how, how people used to sort of explain sort of what happened to you in the dream. Right? Okay. It's a possible explanation that it's like a, they, they thought of it as like a spirit or something like that, or some kind of entity that's coming to visit you. I think the language thing is really interesting, right? Yeah. That is just so fascinating. What is that about? But it was like, it sounded like a foreign language that she was speaking backwards. But it, but it was a totally like, but she like knew my name. Yeah. So. It was I, wild. I think it's really, there's a, there's a method that you can deal with with dreams that's really fun. You can play with the idea of, um, you know, dreams often end abruptly. And so they essentially stop, you know, midway through the story. And so how do you finish the story, right? And this is something that, like, my, I, I do with my therapist, where, um, you know, you abruptly sort of wake up and, you know, you speak to a dream like that, and she'll say something like, okay, well, like, what's important about that? And then she'll say, well, it sounds like the dream's not over. And then... She'll be like, what if, what if you like, um, had more time with this entity? What would you say to it? What would it say to you? What if it could sit and speak English, not this, you know, um, sort of glossolalia or whatever? What if you could actually enter into a dialogue with it? What's the message, right? I feel like she wanted me to like fight for myself. Right. I feel like she wanted me to stand up for myself because I've gone through life being a pushover and people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like she was like, you, I don't know what she was saying, but I know that the, I felt like in my own power, mm-hmm. like fighting back. Yeah. And I think it's like, maybe a, it symbolizes how I need to like fight for myself more yeah. and advocate for myself more and, and not let whatever happened, happen. Like I need to dictate my reality and what I want to make happen. Yeah. Go ahead. She sounds super powerful. I know. I was going to say, I, I know what I want to be for Halloween. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. <laughs> Whispering in people's ears with long gloves on, just like grabbing people's necks. <laughs> oh, Which my is, God. That's the most interesting part of the dream, I think, was that she's grabbing your neck. And yeah. It's about standing it was like, up. It's about standing up for yourself and maybe voicing yourself in a different way. Yeah. Right? She Throat choked. Chakra she choked my neck immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you were fighting back against it. And every time I've done Reiki, it's, I've always had blockage here uh-huh. th- with my throat, which I was so shocked. Cause I'm like, I'm a stand up comedian. This right. is what I use. And she's like, you're all blocked, bitch. Uh-huh. Oh, I, we posted up, I posted about this in the superficial magic vibrators group. Everybody join, but I met a healer in my dream and this was a month or two ago. And she was like, you keep all of your energy right here. And she in like, neck. like the side of my neck under my ear, the weirdest part and I was, I was like what and then I asked her for more information and she was like you drink too much water and I don't drink I, I was like this is the weirdest <laughs> healer ever but then I went my friend bought me a Reiki session with her ex-boyfriend's money <laughs> and um Best way. yeah and she like pointed to that part of my neck mm-hmm. and she was like as soon as you laid down did you feel all that energy come out of there wow. and I was like 
that's so weird. I just dreamt that. And she's like, yeah, I didn't even really touch it. It just came from there. And I was like, okay. And then she was kind of like, you have to stop taking on so many other people's emotions. And I was like, oh, maybe that was the what, like you need to stop drinking so much water water. was kind of the thing. But it's just so crazy how it's, it's transcending time. And I, I'm wondering what your thoughts on uh, like, can we talk a lot about manifesting? We're all about growing and evolving and whatever. Do you, do you think that this can be used as a tool to realize your dreams? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, um, so I'm writing a novel right now and the main character in the novel is, um, uh, she's, she's, uh, struggling with her own sort of sense of creativity and like what to do next in her life. And she turns to this like method of sort of like, before she falls asleep, she starts to create her own world as Mm. she's kind of slipping Um, into, is she me? (laughs) People do this, right. But again, people don't really talk about it. Right. And, um, in, in some of these experiments, she kind of like, um, meets other characters and meets other people who are healers or whatever. She's not necessarily asleep, but this is something that gets her to sleep because she's like recently sober in the novel. And, you know, the reason why I'm writing about it, because I think it's such a powerful tool to manifest creativity, right? See what happens if you have a huge problem in your life and you ask your dreams to answer it or to help you answer it. And then wake up, write about it, work with it, right? Work with the material and see what it indicates to you. Your dreams, although maybe sometimes fantastic and frightening, always have some kind of message. And whether that's just your conscious mind making sense of it, who cares? It's helpful to your life and it helps you be introspective, then wonderful. It doesn't matter if it's some, you know, if, if that realm is real, quote unquote, or not. Right. Right. It actually can help you do things. Actually, the novel itself came from a dream. Of course. So I was just like sleeping and I woke up and I was like, oh, okay, I got to start writing. I wrote 40 pages in like a week. Wow. So, you know, it happens all the time. Salvador Dali used to sit in a lounge chair with a a spoon between his thumb or between his uh, index finger and um, middle finger. And when he would doze off, the spoon would drop and hit the ground. And at that moment, he'd wake up and then go right to the canvas and start painting. Mm -hmm. And he's like, one, he's a pretty interesting surrealist painter, right? And so he was utilizing his dreams to actually, like, what you're seeing is the content of his dreams. Yeah. Right? And all those, like, melting clocks and stuff. I mean, how familiar is that or could be familiar, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I just thought he was on acid. Maybe. He That's could, another good way. Yeah, he could, could have combined, you know. Yeah. Do you think that if we do something in our lucid dreams that are... Um, like if we grow beyond we're lucid of it and we stand up for ourselves or we whatever, do you think that that could just automatically be incorporated into our psyche as something we're now able to do? I don't know. I think it probably means that that's your work. Yeah. It's probably saying like, this is your work to like speak up more or stand up for yourself more or, you know, in terms of creativity, I think that like, even though you can have a flash of insight, you still have to go then and paint your painting or, you know, uh, stand up to your boss or, you know, go back to grad school or whatever. You still have to do the thing. Ugh, yeah. It just becomes clearer, you know. I was this- kind of hoping the dream could do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a, there's a whole um, swaths of people who work with dream magic. Right. So, you you know, there are people who, who I don't know any of those methods. I was going to say, do, do you have <laughs> their card or, yeah. I can, I can send you some people for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so their their whole thing is like they perform magic in your dreams. Yes. yes. Cool. 
you actually use like the astral plane or things like that to sort of exact your will upon this reality. I, this might be a little off topic, but this got me thinking about like creativity and sleeping. And do you think people who are like really connected in a way, like in tune, like, like art, creative artists, Mm -hmm. um, do they need more sleep? Do they need to be dreaming more to create more? I think it depends. I think some people open that floodgate and it's just busted wide open. Right. And it's too much. Right. And so you see that with, um, you know, artists who, um, don't necessarily like set and fit into sort of like mental normality is quote unquote, cause I don't think there is anything normal really, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, they just have to find an avenue in their life to kind of, to let that floodgate be open. Right. And for, others of us like it's a much more precarious sort of dance that you have to do it's like how much do you want to open that up and how much do you need to then kind of protect yourself and kind of like live your life as normal or whatever you're sort of you have kids or you have a job or whatever you know right we can't just run naked into the woods all of us and do dana's dream forever we have to kind of balance that i'm gonna do it i mean no yeah 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 we just can't do it forever (laughs) i mean we can the three of us can, (laughs) but humanity as a whole has a few more responsibilities with kids and such. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's about balancing it. Um, will you give us a few more anecdotes that might be interesting? Yeah. Let me see what I have here. Great. So, um, Albert Einstein came up with the speed of light through a dream. Wow. Um, he kind of like, you know, that came to him fully formed. Um, you can uh, some other dream herbs that you can use is actually people don't know this, but like frankincense oh. is um, thought to awaken the pineal, pineal gland. Okay. So you can burn frankincense in your room and that's thought to help. Um, you know, Megan, you, you probably know me from the center where we trained in psychology yes. and you know, you're not going to get away with, you know, not talking about plant medicines, but like, um, we haven't talked about like ayahuasca or something yeah. like that. And, um, that is, you know, a, a sh- pretty much a surefire method to sort of really unleashing that unconscious material. That's very dreamlike, mm-hmm. um, and archetypal or whatever. And, you know, in those States, there's also sort of like tons of somatic healing. Right. And that all has to deal with like the pineal gland. Right. right. And which is similar to, you know, sleep and actually Rick Strassman, the guy who did the first DMT study, um, in the nineties, was first his his first attraction was looking at melatonin and uh, seeing how melatonin um, influenced our dreams and so but that got him into looking at DMT yeah and so then he was able to get the first study happening where he was doing injected DMT to people DMT is no joke it's no joke Mm-mm. yeah um I want to tell one story. please um do you. So Alan Watts was a sort of beat philosopher of like the 60s, 70s. He was even working until the 80s, I think even the 90s. I remember three years ago, you like sent me an Alan Watts video (laughs) that I need. We'll we'll put it in the Facebook group. It's so amazing. It was like, I've YouTubed the shit out of him. He has great YouTube. Yeah, he's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But he starts off this one lecture and I'll, I'll send you the lecture so you can put it in the notes of the podcast. But he starts off this one lecture in such a beautiful way. He says, I wonder, I wonder what you would do. 
if you could go to dream, go to sleep and dream for 75 years in the span of eight hours. He's like, you would, you know, what would you first do? Well, first you would have exactly what we said, these beautiful love affairs, right? Different lovers or whatever. You would speak to Socrates or Plato or Simone de Beauvoir or whoever, you know, whoever is gone, you could like get them at a dinner table. You'd have delicious meals and essentially a whole lifetime is 75 years, right? Right. So you would pursue your delights. You would pursue the things that you want out of this world. It would be easy. You would get them because it's a dream that you're directing, right? You do it again, right? The next night, another 75 years starts to become a little bit boring. So you start to make things a little bit more interesting by making things maybe a little bit more harder, right? Now you have to like battle a dragon or a, or a woman who's, you know, choking you like a, a banshee who's got her hands wrapped around your throat and choking you. And you're like, and then you wake up and you remember who you are and you're like, well, that was pretty good. That was pretty fun. But after a while you get bored of that again too. And then after a series of nights of doing this, you end up making it so hard that you think, okay, well, now I'm going to lose myself completely. I'm going to forget that I'm dreaming. And he says that then you end up eventually at the life that you have now with all of its myriad possibilities, all of its ambiguities, all of its unanswered questions, all of its horror, right? All of its violence, all of its sort of like islands of, of, of gorgeous, joyous, you know, um, experience, right? And then you're in your life, right? And he says that you just have to remember who you are, right? Mm. Which I love that story because it makes me think, oh, gosh, I'm just dreaming right now. Right. 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 It's it, it's kind of goes back to how I just feel like the universe is, which is one pure being of love who just wanted to have fun. And it's yeah. just like putting us all in conflict. You, I, I, when you write something, the first thing they say is like, create something you love and put it in conflict. <laughs> yeah. That's what is interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's what we all need. So, so when you say, remember who we are, that's a powerful creator, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like, am trying this just, this whole story is just like, reminds me how much I'm trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And I like want it to be easier. Mm-hmm. And I like, don't understand why it, it life is challenging. Mm hmm. But that just all made so much sense. A part of me was like, you want it to be challenging. Yeah. Or you would be bored. Exactly. Or you wouldn't be here, right? Or you wouldn't be here. Or you wouldn't wouldn't be here. Yeah. 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 It's so funny because I I will just try to be like, okay, I'm just going to be dead inside. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to make it easy. But I can't. Like, your soul is just like, no, we're... Yeah. We're doing this shit. We have to overcome these challenges. Like it's an, there's no other option unless you just like get addicted to heroin or something, you right, know, and right, like right. totally shut it off. But otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to have to fuck with this life. And, yeah. you know, like the shit you come against seems so impossible, but it's not. And I think dreams are a brilliant way to get in touch with that. Well, this remi- reminds me of uh, that genius comedian, Harris Whittles. Mm-hmm. Like, genius he's the guy who came up with um humble brag it's a term everybody oh, uses yeah. uh-huh. he invented that wow he's beyond genius every he got every type of success you could get at a young age mm-hmm. 
be, and, yeah. and uh, the best parties he lived in a mansion right by us like tons it, of money, tons of money. we had like that was where you always wanted to be for every party but he was so bored because everything he ever wanted just like boom 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 yes. and then he started doing uh oxycontin and then heroin because and, and he even like talks about it on uh this is like one of the best podcast episodes you made it weird with pete holmes the harris whittles episode oh yeah oh my god sorry to like I'm like, hey, while you're listening to this podcast, stop and go listen to that one. But he taught and mainly he talks about like just kind of like being bored. He was like, I was bored and it felt good and I got addicted. Uh And I was like, "Okay, maybe I don't want everything to happen for me all at once. Maybe it's good. It's challenging for all of us. Yeah. And I love that story. And I, I, you know, he's in some ways, then he's like, if you're thinking of your life as a dream, then he's still in that sort of first 75 years, right? Where it's like, you just, you get everything you want. He got everything he wanted at 20 something. Exactly. And then, so you, you make it harder on yourself and that's where we grow as human beings is when things are hard and when things are difficult. So get, I, I say, get into it, right? Get into your struggles, like, and love them. And like, really, you know, if you feel depressed or you feel like you have anxiety, then love it, like feel majestic about it. Right. It's like, that's the thing that's going to push hard, you forward. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> it is so hard. I know for my own life, it's super difficult. Right? Whenever I get anxiety, I'm just like, I guess this is just my life now and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just like get go really dark. <laughs> but I like yeah. your I like your outlook way better. <laughs> I do um also I am a proponent of not analyzing your dreams, of like not interpreting them, like letting them sometimes just be these sort of like fantastical things that move you and you're not sure necessarily even why not even doing something with them. Like sometimes they're just these eruptions of the unconscious that are sort of beautiful and just like fun to be in and to not be scared of them. Right. It's like, I think of like, um, did you see the third season of twin peaks Yes. and how people were like, Oh, it's like, it's so, it makes no sense. I can't even get through it or whatever. It's like, I feel kind of like he got, like he was speaking to me, like, like, oh, I'm just going to throw all these tributaries and weird symbols and like just for the spectacularness of it. Right. Like not that there's not a cohesive structure to it, because I think there is. But it's also just these kind of weird things that happen that that's sort of what life is. It's just like if you turn your attention to it and kind of make it magical. Right? That uh, what? I, so it's like a balance of analyzing and not analyzing. Yeah. I OK, think so. I felt the same way about Inception. I feel like that movie was just like a dream within a dream within a dream. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like to me, it didn't. I still the, don't know the takeaway from that. <laughs> I've never seen it. So I well, don't it's know. funny enough that Alan, when I was like going back to that speech, that Alan Watts thing, I was trying to find it before the podcast. And someone had set the speech to scenes from Inception. So it's <laughs> oh really funny. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, this so you, is a dream. You got Circles. I, some, I sometimes feel like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this is real. Like I sometimes yeah. I'm like, to me, reality is just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think, and I think that's where my comedy comes from because I, b- people say I'm ridiculous, but I'm like, I'm making a comment on how like 
ridiculous this all is. Uh-huh. Like everyone's playing these roles and yeah. going through the motions of what they think. I don't know. I just think it's, I think life is so silly. <laughs> Agreed. So Gabe, is there anything else we need to know about dreaming, about dreams, about the unconscious, about any of it that we're missing? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. But, uh, part two. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do a part two. Mm -hmm. Um, for the purpose of this podcast, anything else you want to throw in the ring? I mean, I think just, you know, like bring that material into your friendships more into your family life more. I mean, I think, uh, Dana, you mentioned like you had a dream about a dog that you used to own. Yeah. Coco. And my first question to you was like, does your family have those dreams too? Like, you know, cause no. I was wondering if you were talking about them, you know? And so like, I'm all about the sort of methods of sort of connectivity. And one of the ways we can do that is through our dreams because it's such crazy material to work with. So I think if you can make more space for it in your life, not just in your dream journal, not just with your analysts, but with the, the world at large. Right. And kind of like getting some of that dialogue going, you know, love it. Yeah. Oh, Gabe, thank you for being with us. You're amazing. It's a pleasure. You're so brilliant. You're so kind. We're so grateful for you. And I'm so glad you're in the world working with people and spreading this knowledge. Where can everybody find you? Um, you can find me working on Larchmont in my private practice, <gasps> um, slinking around there, trying to find, like trying to sneak into the, the pizza joint there and like sneak some pizza and then like, that's go where back I to live. <laughs> And yeah, I see individuals, couples, and I, I have writing projects and, um, I have my own podcast with, um, um, a philosopher and a literature teacher and it's called shoot the dancing bear. And that's a really fun one. It's off. It's, it's certainly not as professional as this. And we definitely have a few beers as we're going. And we talk about like blood meridian by Cormac McCarthy and Nietzsche and like real dark stuff. So is that on iTunes? It's on iTunes. Yeah. I mean, I'm in. Let's listen. Let's let's, let's get into it. Um, do you want Do you want people to follow you on Instagram at all, or is it not that kind of an Instagram? I don't have that. I, uh, I do. Cool. I do have one actually, but I don't use it for yeah my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, if you're in LA and you need to get to the next level, go see Gabe, Dana. Website. Website. Oh, GabrielGarcia.co. Okay. Okay. There we go. Dana, thank you for being here. What's your Instagram name? Thank you for being here. No, thank you. At Dana Moonme. Mine is at Megan Granger. Follow us. It's very, very awesome to do that. <laughs> um, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast five stars and leave it a beautiful review. It really helps. We love you so much, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. This is what you got to do. No treadmill. No, no, no. Ain't no bicycle. No, no, no. no. Do it on a yoga mat. No, no, no. It's from shaking that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.